Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. As always, I am Curtis Byers, here with my co-host, Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for right sports news and analysis. All right, well, a uh, quick little intro for us today, and then we're going to hop on with uh, our pal Kelly Camarda over at Fear the Wave to uh, talk the uh, future conference affiliation of Rice, uh, kind of going back to the future with the new AAC uh, and some old conference mates there, but uh, just some like two-minute uh, news items before we go into that. And not to get us completely sidetracked, but I feel like it's almost a staple at this point. As, as soon as you said Back to the Future, I was trying to picture like a DeLorean riding the wave, <laughs> the green wave. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll get the graphics department right on that. <laughs> I will uh, go Google. How there, is, add- there is no graphics department. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, well, so we will get to get to Kelly. Uh, it was really good conversation and fun to get back to that. But I guess the only news item uh, to hit since we last recorded is, and it's it's funny that we make we make such a big deal out of this, but I guess it's because it's like May, June, and we have nothing else going on in the yeah. football world. Uh, but the official Rice football schedule has been released uh, for the 2022 season. Uh, I think at this point, we already knew all of the opponents, and we had the order already released. Now we have added kick times and television networks. Um, well, I guess television networks are in air quotes because <laughs> half, yeah. the, half the schedule is listed as ESPN networks which I'm trying to think last year, I feel like that was mostly ESPN three. I feel like a handful of made yeah. it on plus, but that's life in the USA. Uh, right, maybe, thing. Yeah. The first, first game of the season, we got uh, a five o'clock kickoff at USC, uh, the pac 12 network. And then we got a couple of night games, I guess all of the uh, the first three home games, uh, 6.30 p.m., so hopefully what will only be like 95, 96 temperature by the time we get to the sun going down for those kickoffs. Yeah, we're not getting the uh, the treatment that Fox gave uh, Alabama and Texas, so uh, we'll be happy about that. Yeah, no joke. The, the day game in the middle of the summer, I guess. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a- we'll put... It's a slightly drier heat in Austin, I guess, but like I still wouldn't want to be on the field in Austin at uh, 11 a.m. on what, like September the 11th. Yeah, especially because they they give always every time we get to this, it gets to this point of every you know September or late August, and they're like they take one of those measurement things on, down onto the field, and like, well, onto the field it's 146 degrees, and they're having to change cleats because they're melting. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get thermometer cam on on that one. So. Uh, yeah, so we will, Rice won't have to do that. All of the early games at home are at are at 6:30, uh, and then it's the same kind of deal. Though actually, I feel like last year's schedule was the same way. Once we got through about mid-October, uh, then everything uh, was early. So of course, after yeah, I'm looking here, uh, October 15th, um, we have FAU 5 p.m. But other than that, uh, Louisiana Tech at two, Charlotte at one. Uh, Western at one, UTSA at noon, and North Texas at one. They have the the lone change over, and I think this happened a couple of weeks ago. But officially, the uh, it was a November fifth game 
against UTEP at home. That got moved from a Saturday kickoff to a Thursday kickoff. Um, I don't know if we hit that last time. So you will have now two free Saturdays in the fall. <laughs> Go enjoy them. All right, and we are here now with our pal Kelly Camarda from Fear the Wave to talk uh, to Lane and kind of give us our little uh, introduction to the AAC as that's right, uh, moves conferences in the next couple of years. Here, how are you doing, man? Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We, we've, we've talked realignment. It's, it's interesting every little pocket of college athletics that you get to because everyone responds to it. Uh, in different ways. So I guess off, off the bat, um, being a school that is is not moving and is kind of staying put, uh, what's realignment been like the last year or two with you guys? I think it's been a, a mix of emotions. Um, you know, obviously when teams are trying to move up in, in stature and move to a bigger conference, you always feel like you want to be on that boat out to a bigger, bigger conference. But honestly, you know, it wasn't, the timing wasn't right for us. We haven't um, always had, you know, we haven't had the best, we didn't have the best football season last year. We we're still progressing as a university, you know, with our athletic programs and we're getting better. We're getting stronger um, throughout, you know, our time in the AAC. I think we've gotten a lot better in uh, every sport, right now but baseball um but yeah i I think that we were initially a little bummed that to lose um you know cincinnati houston and uh and ucf but looking at the group coming in they're going to be a lot of good regional rivalries and a lot of teams that are on the upswing um really excited to to add rice back um you know we've been in the same conference before uh, we've been in the same conference with UAB before in North Texas for a year. So it'll be interesting. I think there are a lot of teams that are, are really willing to put more resources into their programs. Like you see what, what's been going on at UTSA, and, um, see what, what's happened in Charlotte. And that, that really gives me a lot of uh, a lot of hope and excitement that the AAC can really continue to be that sixth conference that we we call it the power six so we try to lump ourselves in with the the power five conferences and we call ourselves a p6 so yeah i think that this is a strong conference that that can be uh stable for a long time how much of the power six kool-aid do we have to drink before we get in you know i think you you take (laughs) those in small sips i think you see um as you go along you see that there you know there's some teams in this league in every sport that can really play with the power five conference teams. So for instance, um, you know, I know we're losing it, but Houston in basketball was just as good as any team. You know, you can put them up with anybody um, last year in football, you know, Cincinnati. Um, but these aren't teams that necessarily were at that level when they showed up in the AAC. So I think the, the battles week in and week out have, really been beneficial. I can definitely see a difference in our, uh, our football team and our basketball team at Tulane. We've gotten a lot better uh, by playing better competition. So, you know, I think that um, you don't have to drink the Kool-Aid right away, but as you go along, you'll start sipping it a little more and more. Well, what I heard is you guaranteeing Rice a playoff berth by the time we're ready to leave the AAC. I mean, 
I didn't say it specifically, <laughs> but maybe I hinted at that. I don't know. No, but we're, we're excited to have, um, you know, I'm personally excited. I was a baseball player at Tulane and, and um, you know, I, I am very familiar with Rice's uh, history in baseball and, and hopefully, you know, after I think, you know, four or five years down that Rice can make that turnaround and, and become one of our rivals in baseball because, you know, frankly, that's the sport that I think we're losing the most in rivalry uh, at Tulane. We're, you know, we're losing Houston, who we played a ton. We haven't played UCF a lot, but we've we've played Cincinnati a fair bit over the years. So um, getting Rice to replace Houston is is probably a, you know, a, a pretty good consolation for us in baseball, at least. And I hope that we can continue on that rivalry and we can both get better because we've both been uh, we've both fallen on hard times in baseball. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting mix because I don't know about you, when all the kind of the news started shuffling around about who was going and who was not, everybody wanted their seat at the table. And then I think the AAC kind of caught a lot of people by surprise when they ended up taking uh, six teams. Is, is that right? Yeah. Um, that was kind of a, a probably the biggest expansion, you know, collective that they've had in a while. Have you kind of like been able to, to process this? Because I know you're talking about baseball rivalries with Houston, but you now have a, a much larger larger Texas footprint in the conference and, uh, you know, losing you know, some of the schools on the, uh, I guess, the geographical fringes. Yeah, I mean, we're, the familiarity with a lot of these schools, at least for me, um, you know, softens that, that uh, it's not, not really a blow, but it's, it's more, more of a, a shock, you know, see, oh, wow, wow we got six new conference members. How's that going to work? Well, we've been in a conference with UAB before. We've been in a conference with FAU. We've been in a conference with North Texas. We've been in a conference with Rice before. We've been in a conference with Charlotte. So it's, um, you know, it, it really is going back a little bit to the old Conference USA days, but adding in a couple of other schools that makes the league stronger. So, you know, I look at this like the old Conference USA with a couple of other schools mixed in to make us a, a, a much stronger product. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I had heard some people mention that uh, with the way the conferences are changing, the programs that are leaving, the programs that are com now coming into the AAC, it's like, when, you know, especially when Rice people were excited about moving to the AAC, I saw people kind of derogatorily saying that, like, oh, well, you know, you're just moving to, like, it's old CUSA, like, new AAC is old CUSA, and I'm like, I would much rather be in, and granted, I was at Rice from 2009 to 2013, so this is sort of my wheelhouse, but also, I would much rather be in that CUSA from back then than I would want to be in the CUSA of, like, 2024. So, um, there's all these like the games, I, the games and teams that I'm used to seeing and used to playing when I first became like affiliated with Rice. Like these are the schools that are now going to like be back in Rice's conference. And so like even beyond any measure of prestige or money, like things that you know, how much should fans really care about those things? Like I'm just excited to like see the scenes that I want to see Rice play in our conference again. That's a good point. I. I... I feel the same way. I mean, you know, we played UAB in football last year in a non-conference game. Um, I like playing UAB. I like, you know, I, that was another team we played 
constantly in basketball and baseball over the years that, you know, I actually look forward to making that trip. And I think it's a good, like I said before, there are a lot more regional rivalries in this league than there were. You know, it's hard to, can't go to Cincinnati from, from New Orleans very easily. Um, you know, it's, it's even hard to get to central Florida. Uh, so really, you know, you replace some of these teams with games you can actually go see with, um, you know, I'm really, I, I, I am really excited to get back to doing, playing some of the teams we're familiar with. So I think, you know, when, when you talk about expansion, you're kind of like trying to find the last dance partner before the, you know, before the song starts. And I think that we did a good job of finding each other. The schools that came to the AAC are going to help stabilize the AAC. We needed it and you needed it. And it just worked out. Yeah. Selfishly, I got to admit the ability to, you know, go to Dallas and play SMU to, to go to new Orleans. I mean, this will, some people in other parts of Louisiana might not take this the wrong way, but Ruston and New Orleans are different cities. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they might as well be in different states, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> a different experience altogether, that's for sure. And I think it's interesting, and it's, it's interesting with the, the coming back from, you know, because I heard the same kind of, you know, chuckles, CUSA 2.0 or whatever when it happened, but... To some degree, for Rice, it's almost feel like we've, I don't know, wandered into the wilderness after like 2013-ish and have kind of just been treading water. Uh, I guess we all have kind of been aware of the success of Cincinnati. Um, We know Houston pretty well uh, because we play them all the time in just about everything in non-conference. But uh, big picture, um, things that we, we need to know about the AAC because right now coming back into the AAC all a lot of people know is that it's the power six uh, and they've heard Mike Oresco say that uh, and say it again and again but they haven't really paid attention to anything that you know uh, Memphis or South Florida or uh, isn't Wichita State aren't they tied in somewhere (laughs) at some point basketball basketball, (laughs) yeah yeah, so what's kind of like the macro view of not the not what the commissioner is going to say, but what, what, you know the the real fans like what what else do we need to know? <laughs> okay, so you know I look at everything through Tulane glasses, so I can tell you the Tulane perspective of this. Is that um, like a margarita on the side? Yeah, maybe some beer goggles. <laughs> so for us, at least, I mean, if you look at look at the teams that are going to be in in the conference in 2023 and on um memphis is the evil empire to us i mean that's the that's the team we have the longest history with in both football and basketball and the team we probably uh butt heads with the most um you know smu seems like a natural rivalry for tulane both being private schools both being smaller um we haven't beaten them enough to really you know establish any kind of rivalry. So uh, that's a rivalry we want to see go on. Uh, Temple has been a, you know, an up and down member in in the AAC. They've had, they've fallen on some tough times in football, but they're ascending in basketball and they're, they're getting pretty good under Aaron McKee. Um, So they're a team to watch out for. Um, Tulsa is also a little bit inconsistent. We hated Tulsa for years. They just, 
beat us over and over and over again in old Conference USA. And since we've moved over to the AAC, Tulane's actually, I think, gotten the better of them. It's like four to three, something like that, or, or five to three in Tulane's favor. Um, so Tulsa has been up and down. They're kind of trying to figure out if Philip Montgomery is going to be their coach long term. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good league. And East Carolina is getting much better in football. They're great in baseball. Um, they're, ho- they're a national seed in baseball this year. Uh, South Florida is going to really miss Central Florida. They had a huge rivalry going on, more of a big brother, little brother kind of thing, where Central Florida constantly dumped on them. And, and South Florida was, you know, always trying to beat the big brothers. So, it, I mean, it's a fun league. It's a good league. There are a lot of teams with uh, – Football speaking, a lot of teams with good coaches, um, you know, you'll see a lot of really competitive, fun games. It's almost like maybe a, a little bit more defensive version of the old school whack, where teams scoring a lot of points, people, you know, playing exciting games week in and week out. Any team can beat any other team in the conference in any given week. So it, it's going to be really fun. Old school whack. You're speaking my language. Yeah. I love this. And then there's something else that you said uh, that I think was interesting. And Carter and I have gone back and forth with this as we've gone around and talked with Conference USA folks. That the thing that the current iteration of Conference USA lacks is just hate. Straight up, not not just wanting to win, but wanting the other person to lose or their institution to suffer. I will say I'm getting there with UTSA. Like you, like <laughs> y'all left y'all left before they got here. They're getting real uppity, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to get tired of them. Yeah, one year. If they keep it going, we'll see. You'll, I mean, these teams have been around each other long enough where you'll see some bad blood. Um, Navy is also a team that's interesting in this conference when you talk about – Are you know, allowed to hate Navy? I feel like for the troops, man. Can we I hate – I think – you know what? Navy is the team that you hate to play because you have such a hard time – with the the psychological aspect of wait these guys are defending our country but they're also chop blocking us to death so <laughs> i mean at the same time you're it, it's really hard to like navy when you're playing them for those 60 minutes but after the game you know it's great but they're a team that they'll rip off an 11 win season and then they'll win three the next year you just never know uh, they could be great or they could be terrible so, uh, but they're always a fun, they're always a fun game to play. Always a, a frustrating 60 minutes, but, uh, you know, a good addition to the league because they'll, they'll win 10 games every few years. That's fun. And then who are thinking about that is, is far in, I may need your help. Carter, who would you say like the, the biggest rivalry in current conference USA existing would be like teams that, the hate fact would that be like WKU Marshall? Is that the most animosity we have? In- yeah, there's a lot there. I'm trying to think. UTSA um, and Rice, that growing rivalry. Um, let's see. See, we're struggling. It's- yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Um, Louisiana Tech Southern Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that's a good one. They really don't like each other. That's pretty good. 
Um, I've had a hard time with Southern Miss lately because, you know, Tulane historically hates Southern Miss and vice versa. We, we butted heads a lot in the old Conference USA days and even before that. And our offensive coordinator from a couple of years ago, Will Hall, went over yeah. to be the head coach at Southern Miss, and he took a couple of, of uh, former players as assistants. And it is really hard to hate him, but I still hate Southern Miss. And we play him this year, <laughs> so it's going to be really weird because I love Will Hall, but I absolutely hate Southern Miss. Oh, and so the thing about Southern Miss fans is they just like they cannot accept that it is no longer 1992, right? Like, I'm sorry, you have not been relevant in anything but like occasionally baseball in like 25 years, my dudes. Like, stop acting like you are a like premier group of five program. Like, please, please have some perspective here. Yeah, the the Rock is not so uh, intimidating anymore. <laughs> This is great. We're, we're, we're amping up. I feel like the transition away from CUSA is getting the juices flowing. Now we got some hate going in. Um, I'm, I'm ready to take shots on the way out. Like, nobody's safe. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we wind up in the same place in a couple years. We're going to get them in what we can. Um, but, so, AAC, new AAC. Um, obviously, we got some guys coming in, but... Uh, Top two or three existing rivalries that because you know the the best the best group of five leagues in, in games are the ones where it's a Friday night and you just mm-hmm. happen to turn on the TV and you're like I don't care about either of these schools but I'm watching every second of ECU and Tulane because why not Yeah so there there are a <laughs> bunch of those there are a bunch of um, good matchups. I, I don't know if they're really um, necessarily like hated rivals, but they're teams that play great games against each other pretty much every time. SMU and Memphis is one. They play crazy wild shootouts a lot. Um, East Carolina and SMU is another one. I mean, I, I remember a couple of years ago, East Carolina's quarterback threw from a 600 yards and like six touchdowns against SMU and, and the game was, you know, like 65 to 56, something crazy like that. So, um, and you know, for me, it's either it's Tulane and Memphis or, um, you know, Tulane and Tulsa because I actually live in Oklahoma. So every time, you know, we can stick it to Tulsa, it just, you know, I walk around work with my head a little higher that week. That's funny. And I'm trying to think of, you mentioned the ties to, to UAB. Um, North Texas is is there, so I don't know if we'll have anything between North Texas and SMU. Um, I guess we hate UTSA now. We have a rivalry. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'd like to, to beat him a few more times, but yeah. There's definitely at least like strong dislike there, which is it's a necessary foundation. It's always then, good to hate somebody on the way up, too. You know, they've had a lot of success. It's time to bring them back down to, to size, right? Yeah, it's either that or we start fighting with UAB because you know we beat them in basketball and football this year. So you got to pick somebody. And then uh, what? What's the protocol? Because last year it became pretty clear. Um, probably like midway through the season, like when they started doing the playoff rankings, that Cincinnati was 
might actually have a chance at that point uh, if we have because something about CUSA never really had. I think I guess UTSA got like what top like fifteen or something at one point. I think UAB got there a couple years ago, like the fifteen to twenty. But they never really had a a real like uh, New Year's Six bowl contender. Uh, if if the new iteration of the AAC has somebody uh, up there, are we obligated to cheer for them for the sake of the AAC, or can we still hate them too? I or think both? you hate them all the way down to the wire, and then you love them when they get in. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> how I felt about Cincinnati. I mean, and I have a theory. I think there's a, a formula to to that and, and to making that playoff, or at least getting in the conversation that UCF, Memphis and Cincinnati have followed, and Cincinnati finally kicked the door down in, a, in kind of a lucky year. But I think what you need to end up doing is you need to have one season where you basically run through your conference schedule and you beat one lower-tier Power 5 team. So whether that's like an Indiana or Duke or somebody like that, but you can still say, hey, we're undefeated. Nobody beat us. We deserve a shot. You're not getting in that year. So the next year, you do it again. You win 10, 11, 12 games. Hey, two years in a row, we've won double-digit games. We deserve a chance. We're really good. The next year, you schedule two of those Power 5 teams. This year for Cincinnati, they knew ahead of time, you know, we're going to have Desmond Ritter as a senior this year. Notre Dame and Indiana. They beat Notre Dame when Notre Dame was down a little bit. They beat Indiana. And then they kick the door down. So I think it's that that formula. If you see past teams like UCF and Memphis, especially, who have won 11, 12 games in a season, I think Cincinnati, those teams have shown us the blueprint to get there eventually. I don't know if we can do that in this iteration of the conference, but I think we could come damn close um, to putting another team in that conversation. But they're going to need to have 10 win plus seasons back to back to back. And so who do you, it, you know, it's interesting because obviously that, that upper tier just got swooped up into the new big 12. So at this point, and that's what I'm kind of trying to figure out because from a rice perspective, everyone's trying to figure out like, well, if we were in the middle to lower tier of conference USA, where are we going to fit in the AAC? Obviously everyone wants the team to get magically better. You know, it's a work in progress, but, is there kind of like a how you kind of see it a like a well there is a vacuum of power right at the top of the conference do you kind of have a have a feel for who's at the top now or could stay there or is it just kind of be like a free for all in two years or whenever when everybody's in it's gonna like well we're gonna find out well I think there's you know a lot can happen in football in a season you know we've got two years now to to wait. Um, so, you know, I think the teams that put money into their programs and the teams that are willing to invest in, you know, coaches and invest in recruiting. And frankly, you know, something I'm involved in now is the NIL. That's going to make a difference. The teams that have NIL versus the teams that don't uh, may have a leg up in this. So I think, you know, SMU has obviously spent a lot of money. Memphis has spent a lot of money. Um so those would be the two front runners, in my opinion, right now. I think Tulane is in a good position. Um, we've slowly built our program up. 
Uh, last year we had a really bad year, but we uh, we spent over you know six weeks in a in a hotel evacuating from a hurricane. So you know we kind of threw that year out. We're gonna be I think we're gonna be pretty good this year. I think we're gonna win six, seven, eight games. Um, but yeah, when those teams leave the conference, there's gonna be a vacuum at the top, and the teams that are willing to spend to get there will get there. So if UTSA is willing to put in all the money they they've apparently invested in their program they may have a shot um you know i I just think that money talks and and the investment is really going to pay off for somebody i think utsa gave all the money they have to jeff trailer do they have anything left (laughs) i don't know maybe they they claim that they do but uh yeah it'll be interesting because because yeah i mean uab um has their their shiny new stadium and they're a pretty interesting story. I think it's going to be um, interesting to see kind of who comes out on front because I think you're right. Like ultimately, money in college athletics is there's a reason you see the same brands on your TV every year and into the playoff and whatnot. So it's the, the people who are putting in the the money from from boosters or whoever what else, especially in the new NIL era. But uh, it's interesting because. There's a couple of schools now in the new AAC, but I feel like the vast majority of the conference is going to be, you know, pretty close comparatively in, in, in terms of spending, which I think could make it pretty wild because I think the difference between what a uh, even some of these up and coming CUSA schools that might be at the near the bottom of the AAC, uh, you know, monetary budget, what they spend. Uh, you know, you tell me what's the difference between what North Texas is putting into their football team and, uh, you know, what Temple is doing. You know, like, could probably go pull those numbers, but I feel like we're not going to see the uh, the the the, disper- the disparity. I think that's what one of the things I liked about CUSA is that the difference between Team One and Team Fourteen was pretty big, but the difference between three and ten. It, it was just pure chaos all the time. Yeah, it's not the same as the gap between, like, LSU and Missouri or something like that, you know? Like, it's it's the it, – in absolute terms, the gaps are smaller, and that means there can always – there's always room for chaos. Yeah, and if you – you know, one of the downsides of being good is you're always vulnerable to somebody taking your coach. Or, you know, um, somebody just investing more money in, in, in hiring your coach away and, and like Sonny Dykes, you know, recently with, with SMU. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound under Rhett Lashley, um, you know. But the schools like SMU and Memphis, at least reportedly, are playing on a little bit of a different level than everybody else right now. I mean, Memphis has all that FedEx money. Um, flowing through the program and um, you know, they desperately have been trying to get into a power five conference for the last, you know, eight to 10 years and just haven't been able to do it, but they'll continue to do it. Their basketball team allegedly has multiple players on million dollar a year NIL deals. So they're taught, they're playing with real money. Uh, Everybody else in the conference, I think is like you said, pretty close. That, you know, we all talk about our peer institutions and our peer programs uh, in the AAC a lot. 
And I think that's for a reason that everybody is kind of investing around the same amount and putting the same into everything. Yeah, and you bring you bring up basketball with Memphis. That's something I'm I'm pretty interested in because I feel like um, we've seen the CUSA has had probably an uptick in, in their level of play. Honestly, the last couple of years. I mean, obviously North Texas uh, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, UAB. Um, I don't know how high they climbed last year, but they got right on the fringes of the top 25, I think. So it's been it's been interesting to watch them. Um, and I think we, maybe, you know, we might have a similar situation. We were talking about football, you know, some of those powers, um, the, the Cincinnati, Houston, on the way out. We got some good basketball teams. Um, you mentioned Houston uh, headed out too and, and bringing in, you know, a UAB and a North Texas. That, that could be one of the... Because uh, I know this wasn't branded as like this is now a great college basketball league, but I kind of think it could be a really good college basketball league. I think the the thing I would say about the league in any sport is it's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be a lot of really competitive games, and over time these these rivalries will develop. The bad blood will bubble to the top, and we'll start to see teams really you know going after each other and and. It'll be a lot of fun in the process. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think that I think that you'll see it'll be a lot more fun than the old Conference USA was. I feel better about this. When initially after talking with you, Kelly, I feel more I mean it's already excited to mostly to leave Conference USA. Um, but now to get back up to CUSA 2.0, the AAC, because I, I, I don't know what it was, but it always felt like once you had that first wave of teams leave Conference USA, it kind of felt like everyone else was just kind of biding their time until they could go too. Um, and like, like you mentioned, Memphis, there's no secret that Memphis wants to be in the Big 12 or, or anywhere else. They've made that pretty apparent. But for the rest of what, you know, from my vantage point of the AAC, it doesn't really feel like um, there's as many schools that are in the let me out right now mode. And everybody's maybe more content. Maybe maybe that's reading too far into it, but it feels like less people are like wanting to abandon ship and are ready to just play ball, which is fun. I think that most of the, uh, the rest of the schools are interested in elevating the quality of the league to the point where it is considered legitimately the sixth power conference. So I I mean, or at least the best G five conference around, year in and year out. So I think that, you know, now we're kind of in a battle with the Sun Belt to see basically who's going to take that, or is the Sun Belt going to be able to take that away from us? Is the Mountain West going to be able to take that away from us? Or are we going to maintain that status as kind of the sixth conference? And in some years, better than that. I mean, a couple of years ago, we were better than the ACC in terms of metrics and S&P. Um, so there are years where we are better and some of the Power Five conferences top to bottom. Um, and, and hopefully that just continues, and we keep playing a lot of competitive football, baseball, basketball, you know, have a lot of fun in the process. Well, all right. Uh, I think that's a, a good high note to go out on here. So uh, thanks again, Kelly, for joining us. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you more when we're actually conference mates and, and previewing games between the schools. But um, thanks, everybody, for listening along with us. Uh, thanks again, Kelly, for hopping on. Uh, we'll see you all again soon. And Rice, bye.
This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.